Who doesn't like the smell and feel of leather? Looking to fulfill your custom leather needs? Well, as we say here in Jersey, I got a guy. Rob over at Ridgeway Leather Works is literally that guy. Several years back, I happened to be sat next to him at a mutual friend's wedding, and this dude told me more about leather than I ever thought I needed to know. His passion for his business is evident in the quality of his work. His team and his family can make all their gear. So whether you're looking for a radio strap, a radio holster, a pair of suspenders, a chin strap, a locker tag, or really anything leather-related, Ridgeway's the place to go. So check them out at RidgewayLeatherworks.com or on IG at Ridgeway Leatherworks. And tell them Pip from the Size Up sent you, and maybe you'll get a special jersey treat in your package. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. If you're actually listening to this on a Tuesday, the day it released, it's your old friend who's not really that old, but kind of old, Pip, here with the Size Up by National Fire Radio, episode 36, uh, with a very good friend of mine i guess so yeah i'm gonna go with a very good friend of mine as i would stay with that but he's just jumping in too because because he's he's been a podcast host in the past which i kind of forgot until now but i'd say we're very good friends but it's one of these things where you know it, it's great to have friends but i kind of consider i kind of consider this guy on my board of directors and i think i've talked about that on some past podcasts too and i know other people have and it's a great concept out there but it's that sounding board of people that like when you need to ask someone a question and you're trying to get varying opinions this guy is on my very short list of calls especially because he's a jersey guy and when i need something in new jersey he seems to always have a guy or the answer uh, or some way to level me um so he's a mentor he's a friend he's on my board of directors he's whatever he is and he's retired which is really what i think this episode is going to be the most about and i'm going to murder his last name like it's been murdered his whole life and i've done it so many times but my good buddy retired battalion chief john as i murdered his first kill the first name come on (laughs) i'm such a pro at this oh man i'm I'm scared for the last name no it's it's hayawick right hayawick absolutely you knocked it out of the park you killed john he knocked it out of the park with Haywick. Listen, man, I'm a firefighter first. I am not a podcast host first. All right, plain and simple. And we're both complaining. Um, so for those of uh, all of you listeners worldwide and not in New Jersey, uh, the fall time in New Jersey is peak allergy season, and we are like in the middle of death if you have allergies, right? Oh yeah, I I came down with uh with just something just the other day, and I'm actually leaving to take uh to teach uh later this week as well as next week so i've been trying to jump on top of this and my head's finally starting to ease out but the the sinus pressure and all that other good stuff so if i sniffle a little bit it's on me i, I feel bad i sent my 13 year old to school now two days in a row and his allergies are horrible but he wants to go like if i was if i was finn feeling the way he's like his throat is all scratchy home all day long bed. yeah i'd be laying in bed licking my my hands like ferris bueller did just to try to be like i don't want to go to school today and this kid the is the thermometer like, up with uh with the lamp all that good <laughs> stuff yeah yeah no this Mom, kid, i'm sick this kid's like no nah, dad it's just my throat it's just my throat i'm gonna go to school i'm like yeah yeah you go to school buddy i got a busy day today you rock it out kid <laughs> right isn't that, isn't that the best part of like like again parenting but where you're like you look at your kid and it's like he's not making the mistakes i made or, or conniving like i did my uh my daughter's the same way she my youngest uh she's in seventh grade and she loves going to school she's on her grades that's one of the, i guess one of the newer things that's from when we were in school they can see their grades in like real time yeah, yeah and she knows in the portal 
she knows what she's getting and she's on top of it, which is, which is really cool. You know, that's definitely different from, from my, uh, my older, uh, kids. But, oh uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just a change in that. And like thinking back, like I remember getting my grades, I have them floating around my house somewhere, like handwritten report cards. You know what I mean? With the letters in there oh, back in the day. Yeah. 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 And now they have this real time portal that they can look in and see exactly where they are and what they need to do. Um, for us where I am, it didn't, it doesn't start until middle school. So my little guy just entered middle school in fifth grade. So now he's going to, he's starting to experience that. Um, and he just got a hundred on his first science test and he saw it and was so excited to see that average. So it's keeping that up and, and keeping them in check kind of. And you know what, that, that just feeds into what's going on in society with that immediate, I don't want to say gratification. Cause if you fail, it's not really gratifying, but like, you know, where you're at yeah for sure right away so you know you need to improve or you need to not coast but like keep doing what you're doing you know you're on the right path for studying and stuff like that i remember dreading uh report card night you know my parents got to go to the school and i went to catholic school uh, all my life and you know i just remember dreading it like what what am i getting i don't know you know i should be i should be this but hopefully i'm not that (laughs) No, but that that almost like, you know, instant gratification for them or, or, or that, again, knowing that you're on track is so amazing because as a parent, it gives me something to challenge them with, to be like, buddy, you're at a 91 right now. You don't want to float to an 89, right? So what are you doing to make sure you get that 91 to a 95 as opposed to those old school kind of Catholic school days of ours where... I mean, you know, we're around the same age. So do, did, did the parish priest come in to give you your report card in front of everyone and talk to you about it? Like they did in my, no, no, oh, no, no. We, uh, in high school, like it was a parent's night. They had to go and pick up your report card and then speak with your teachers. Oh, that's a bad one. It's rough. That's a bad rough. One. High school for me was, it got mailed home digitally. <laughs> so if you could beat the mail home, you may. All right. So when did you graduate? I graduated in 93. 96. All right. So it's, it's not too far off. But yeah, we, have, we had far. digital mail homes for high school. But yeah, I, I remember those days and that that instant gratification thing. Again, there's positives and negatives to it, right? And you as a parent or as the adult in the equation, you have to use that as a tool to help you help your kids grow, right? Correct. No, you, you're 100%. And that's, that's, uh, that's the biggest thing, just trying to get your kids to grow. And that's one of my newer the newer things that have come into this dynamic after actually being retired, you know, uh, I'm, I'm around, I'm around more, but I'm not. So Amy's always going to be my constant at the house and she's going to run the house and handle the kids and I'm there, but I'm just seeing more of it now. And that's, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that, <laughs> but, uh, I wanted to touch base about what you were talking about, uh, your board of directors. I call, we call them ourselves a firehouse kitchen table. Yep. I've got, eight guys that I know I can reach out to from in New Jersey all the way out to California that if I need something and they threw my throughout my career, they, uh, they definitely helped me steer me in the right direction, what to do, what not to do, how to handle certain, certain situations. And it was so important to get an outside opinion that was independent, yeah. not having somebody that, that was subjective, you know, like, Oh, Hey, you know, if I give them this information, that'll later on trick, trickle down the line, you know, the chess game, not checkers. And, uh, but it was great to have independent information 
uh, in how to handle certain situations, especially as a lieutenant captain, especially as a battalion chief. Well, that too. And, and when you have this group of people that are, are out of your department or your area that you can call, you don't know the person that's in question, right? So like when I'm calling you for advice about someone else or a situation that happened, if you know the players involved, you already have a preconceived notion of them. But when you go to this firehouse kitchen table or board of directors, I give you a scenario. You have no idea who's right, who's wrong. And honestly, I'm usually calling you or one of these folks to tell me I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Not, not to tell yeah. me that I'm right. I don't want you to agree with me. I want you to be like, well, Pip, you were a little wrong in this situation too. Again, getting a different different opinion or just an idea of whether you're you're on the right track, that instant gratification thing, yeah. you know, knowing, knowing, hey, or I got to take a step back. I didn't see it from this angle. And maybe I got to look at it a little bit differently. Yeah. And that's, again, only going to help you as a leader. Right. And, and we say this and you hear Jeremy say this all the time. And it's great because we're cutting up these shorts now of the podcast. So I guess for instant gratification, you don't have to listen to the whole episode, but please do, because there's way more than just the shorts in it. But, you know, you, you hear this thing about getting out there and meeting other people and networking like we had talked about. I mean, look at you and I. I couldn't even tell you when we met at this point. I can't remember I, I don't how know. or when. Yeah, there's some people where I have the moment, you know, where I'm like, oh, I met you here the first time. But truthfully, I think it was probably FDIC. It's, it, it was there. I know we went to the Fools thing up in North Jersey because that's where I met your dad yep. that night, which is the night yep. that I kind of remember, you know, maybe that was when we, we became friendlier. But it's that thing where if you're not getting out, you know, if you're not leaving your little nest or comfort zone, even – uh, just a couple episodes ago, Tyler was on from Florida and he talked about going to a conference. I'm pretty sure you, you taught at in Florida and I can't remember the name of it, but you know, he talked about just going there and meeting all these different people and being humbled in his experience, but now having a greater network. That's it's one of the things I, I preached down at work. You got to get outside your three, I call it 3.2 square miles because that's what the city of Passaic was. You got to get out of that bubble and see what's going out outside of the state, the city, the state, and get go nationally, you know, yeah. getting to one of these national conferences or now one of these micro conferences that are popping up that are, you know, it's, you're getting big name people at these smaller conferences and it's easier to get to maybe a little bit more affordable. Definitely more affordable. Let's go with that for the, for the, <laughs> for the first part. But even a night, like not even a micro conference, but when you see people like the night that, that you, when I met your dad up in North Jersey, you know, it was a night yep. at, a, at a bar that uh, Bobby Eckert talked. Was talking at. Yep. Someone else spoke that night. And it was just a good night of you get to pick up some nuggets of knowledge. You get to meet some different folks. You get to have a couple beers and you made yourself better for it. Right. And a nice, simple night out. Yeah. You know, even at these micro conferences afterwards, I call it the class after the class. Yeah. Of course, my dog is barking right now. That's all right. It's the class after the class. Um, we uh, just sit around and talk, you know, and it doesn't have to be on what you taught. It can be anything, the, the wide range of stuff that goes on in the fire service from administrative to tactical to the apparatus buying to equipment. To, to nothing everywhere. about the fire service either, just about Correct. whatever you guys want to talk about, sports, what you're wearing, you like Huge. fly fishing, oh, I like, I go hunting, whatever it is. All these things are going on. And it's such an important part of, again, going back to growth and, and our growth as as just men, women, people, whatever you want to call it, humans. Um, and you get to hear other people's stories. You know, and it, it's probably the number one thing I miss about not keeping 555 at the level that it started out at 
is being able to interact with so many different people on different levels. And, you know, forgive me if, if you've heard this story from me before, but, you know, going around as the fitness guy for 555 Fitness, especially in the beginning, there would be people that would walk by us at the show when we had the booth and kind of not leer at us, but not want to come anywhere near us, right? They just would not want to do it. No big deal, whatever. We're talking to people, we're moving on. But then that night out at the bar with a beer in my hand, that same person would come over and start talking to me. And I would remember some of these folks, just their faces as walking by and, and remember this. And they'd be like, I don't understand. You're the fitness guy and you're here drinking beer. I'm like, <laughs> I am. You could buy me one if you want to. Like, it, it's cool because I can do this every now and again or whenever I want to or whatever it is, you know, and, and they, their guard got knocked out is what I'm getting at. Well, you know? I think they didn't want to have to do that, uh, the bicycle and then the CPR. <laughs> You know, calling <laughs> people out on of the challenge. True. Yeah, true. exactly. You know, a, a lot of it too just came down to because at the bar, we're just two firemen talking. If you stopped right. in, the, in the fitness booth at the show, then you're talking to the fitness guy and people are going to wonder why maybe you're talking to the fitness guy. Um, it's the same with a training because you might want to get in better shape. <laughs> you, you may, you may just want to be in really good shape for this job. Just maybe a thing. Just um, but it's, it's the same as what you hear with people not wanting to take classes. You know, they don't want to embarrass themselves let's say by not being able to do a skill or not being able to do something and, and we see that a lot in in any field well just want to touch and base on classes and stuff like that uh i was just i just got back from wildwood uh new jersey had their firefighters convention their annual convention and the, the nice part about this is uh they're starting to bring back education new jersey state uh state chiefs association sponsored uh chief turpak and chief aaron heller for uh more Jersey guys. Two 90-minute classes. What's that? I said more Jersey guys. Perfect. More Jersey guys. Exactly. Um, to do two 90-minute classes. Uh, and they got CEUs out of it. You know, I know uh, Bobby Eckert ran his uh, his hot class on Thursday, probably around the same time. But it's, it's I think, and I'm hoping that there's a change in culture. Yeah, to... Well, you see that. So, so for folks outside of the New Jersey area, the New Jersey Wildwood Convention is traditionally sort of a party weekend, let's call it, is an, is an easy way. That's to the best it. phrase. The easiest way. And it, it's a it's a conference for both uh, New Jersey volunteer and career departments through our relief slash exempt organization. And it, there were no classes for a very long time. You know, I was very fortunate. Um, I used to teach extrication for Roadway Rescue, and we were able to teach a class there that was not sponsored by the conference itself. It was actually sponsored by the Wildwood uh, FMBA local at that time. But we were able to teach there. And then there were no classes for a while. And now you see these classes starting to come back and put that education spin for folks that are down there. So it's education and party weekend down at the Jersey Shore. No, absolutely. And, uh, and we're looking forward to uh, doing it again next year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's just going to grow. I hope it continues to grow, you know, because that that's what thing that's what every conference needs some form of education that's going to make the folks leave there better, right? No, and, absolutely. You know, that's a type of conference too where you could have a really nationally known keynote speaker come in and deliver a really powerful keynote to all those folks that are there, maybe telling them some things they didn't even know they needed to hear. Yeah, I hear you. Do you hear my dumb dog barking in the background? I don't know. When I got All right, good, perfect. I got nothing. Usually, my dog's barking at, at like the half hour mark. Clarice, good, good. So you don't have so to. You want to? You want to get into retirement or what? <laughs> you want? All right. How many years? Where's Where's the countdown for you? 
for me, I have five years to go. So it's going to fly. It, it'll absolutely fly. It, the days seem to go by slow, but the years fly right by. Yeah, I was, I was, 24 go by was... slow. The 24s go by slow, but the months go by really quickly. Correct. Correct. It's uh, it was definitely uh, it was pretty wild. I got lucky. Uh, I started out when I got hired in 2000. Um, I had, uh, I brought three years over with me. Okay. I was a dispatcher and a, a fire inspector. So I was able to bring three years over. So I started it ahead of the game. And, you know, like I told you, we talked about before timing in life is everything, you know, with opportunities and everything else. And I was able to do, I did my 25 and there were things on the horizon that I, I think wouldn't have been there if I had to stay a little bit longer. And uh, I was able to capitalize on some training conferences and bouncing around. Uh, this this month is crazy. As I said, I, I was in Wildwood for I was in Wildwood for last week. I'll be up in Syracuse at the Heavy Rescue Conference, assisting in the uh, the Force Entry Track. And then from there, I drive out. My father and I uh, drive out to Firehouse, and we're going to be doing our through the lock as a pre conference, four hour pre conference class. And then I'm teaching my command class uh, the next day. So. It's uh those opportunities definitely wouldn't be there or the ability to get out because doing a, a for those that listen elsewhere outside of New Jersey our twenty four uh seventy two uh sometimes doesn't allow that. As as great as the schedule is, you know, and it's harder too as you get promoted because your pool of swap folks goes down, right? Correct. So so it's it's. Listen, I tell everyone, try to get promoted. It's the best thing you can do. But remember, it's not all the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So a little bit lonelier, like, too, at times. <laughs> it, could, it could definitely be lonely at times. But that's one of the things where, you know, when you're a firefighter, you you can swap with a lot of different people. When you're an officer, your numbers go down because you can only swap with another officer. Um, but when you think about that end of it, too, and now I like totally forgot my, my track mind for where I was going with this, but it's those things that allow you to continue to grow in, in your career. And it's funny how you were a dispatcher prior. Um, I had the opportunity to either become a police dispatcher or go work on an ambulance. And I was like, I don't want to be a dispatcher. I'm going to go work on an ambulance. I'll get way better experience, you know, just there's more things. And, uh, Short, long story short, I ended up becoming an EMS dispatcher because they were going to pay me more money to be cross-trained to do the EMS dispatch. But if I took the police dispatch job, I too would be able to retire now because you're allowed to transfer time over in New Jersey from other um, municipal employment. So you're able to bring time. I was not able to do that like you were. Lucky you. Uh, I, I didn't even know about that when I was doing it. You know, it just, just turned out to be one of those things, you know, and that we were like, for a small town we were police fire and ems and one dispatcher handling everything so it's just just fun and games and obviously as an inspector it's uh just part of it but that created a created more of a well-roundedness for me yeah for sure. understanding the aspect of you know do i give the dispatcher attitude when i'm not uh, <laughs> when i'm not happy with what's going on on the other side of the radio or do i you know make that phone call later on and talk to them you know it does. I, I feel like, and I know there's departments that do this, but everyone should spend a shift in dispatch because you get a totally different view <laughs> of that other side of the mic. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm giving some folks sass on both ends of the mic. Let's, let's call it sass is yep. a good way to put it, you know, and, and uh, it just is what it is. And it's part, it's part of the job, let's say, but when you've done that job, you really understand it. And, and it's been a very long time. I mean, I worked per diem, I worked pretty for a while as a dispatcher before I became a medic. So I, I was still doing it in there, but I try to remind 
the folks that work with me, you know, just what that job can be like. And, you know, just, they're not answering you because, well, they may be answering you because they don't like you, but that's usually on you more than anything. They're probably not answering you because they're answering someone else right now. It's a good way. Yeah. Whether it's a 911 or something else or, yeah, it's, it's definitely crazy, especially if you, the, for the ones that were doing uh, multiple uh, disciplines, PD or fire and EMS at the same time. Or, or in there alone, you know, I, I think probably now there's way less single because everybody's going to regionalize dispatching. So there's multiple dispatchers and things or, or people in the room, but I've done it by myself. My, my partner was in the bathroom type of a thing and every <laughs> phone is ringing and every radio is going off and you're like, holy, yep. here I go. Stand by. Yeah. Why are you giving no, me I, attitude? I'm not giving you attitude. Just telling you stand by. <laughs> I don't need to know that you cleared the hospital. I don't need to answer you that you cleared the hospital because yeah, I'm receiving our instructions over here and trying to get the ambulance to go to the cpr call at the same time so um but that, that is a different view of it all and i think too like you said it, it creates that well-roundedness you know so in in your career you know i think that's something you've really worked towards is becoming that well-rounded firefighter fire officer um and now in your retirement you're continuing it but of, of all that time you know what are some of those key things that you think you did to get that real well roundedness roundedness Oof. Just opportunity. Again, we, we talked about it. It was just timing. Things things came up, and I guess I looked at it as a challenge sometimes. Like, hey, this is something new. You know, you get the excitement of it, you know, and then just to do it and learn it and then get better at it and and push it. You know, as a firefighter, always striving for better. As, an, as a lieutenant, the same thing, just to, just to learn and model yourself. So you model yourself after, like, two different people, right? The good officer and the bad. You don't want to be the bad one, and you want to model yourself like the like the good officer. And that that worked for both captain and uh, all the way up through the ranks, captain and battalion. You know, you you knew who you didn't want to be associated with or not associated, uh, modeled after. Yeah, and you you strive for certain things on the radio. You know, there was different there are different people that were on the radio that were able to give uncle a good radio for size ups, and you know. You're pulling up on scene, your brief incident report, you know, building height, construction, what you got, you know what I mean? You know, all yeah. that good information. Well, I think, I think what you said in there too, was that you learn something and then you have to practice it, right? So you can go and take, you know, there's loads of size up classes out there and, and they're all great. And you're going to pick things up from them. You know, for me in my department, when I'm giving a size up, if I give you the building height, on the radio, that means that that's really a key thing that everybody needs to know, right? If I oh, pull up absolutely. and it, it has nothing to do with a building height here, here's a better one than building height. And then, uh, you know, I've, I told this to the guys that, that work with me and, you know, I'm, I'm on the car right now. So it's what I'm doing. I'm like, if I say something about an exposure and you're coming in, know that that means that that exposure is a problem. I'm like, if you don't hear me say a word <laughs> about exposures anywhere, we're not worried about exposures. That's not yeah. That's not on my top list. And that it's, comes in with that practice. It's the words you say and the words you don't say. Yeah. You know, because normally if you're if you're always given the same same four pieces of information and then you drop it out or you add something different, it's definitely a clue. Dead end hydrant is a is a key one. You know, huge, that last huge that huge 12 alarm fire that we had, uh, the last hydrant on the dead end street before the river was the only one that worked. The guys hit two of them that were dead coming in. And I'm like, 
well, I know it's a city hydrant because it's got a five inch stores on the, on the uh, steamer. I said, I'm hoping this works because <laughs> this thing was well, we sailing. <laughs> That's it, all we it, got. It, it's one of those things that again, it's what you don't say and what you do say. And it's also telling your people, these are things that are important for you to know. You know, I, I've worked for some folks that didn't tell us anything about their leadership management style at all. And it, showed itself when they arrived <laughs> and and their lack of whatever you want to call it when they got there but you'll have that and and that is that growing to become well-rounded and that not just going you know you and i'm sure you see this because you teach all over the place i'm sure you've seen the same people at this at different conferences taking every class known to man but not really taking anything from those classes is that an easy way to put it yeah, they're not they're not getting anything from it and they're not they're not growing or hearing it or, you know, or they're only hearing what they want to hear because they don't want to leave their bubble. Right. Like right. The comfort bubble. zone. Yeah. Well, the Passaic guy said this, but we're not going to do that here because it doesn't. Work. Yeah, he's Passaic. Yeah. Uh, it, so funny story. You know, uh, I'll say it. I was a disciple of uh, Chief Turpak uh, in his in his books, in his training. And I'll say he used a great thing for height, uh, for size of. He talks about the half story. Half story means a pitch roof. Yep. I use that because we know in, in Passaic, anything that's like a half story is potentially occupied. You know, we're stacked okay. and backed. We had 100,000 people in 3.2 square miles and they're in attics and basements. But if I give the pitch roof, it gives the truck guys an idea of what, what equipment to use and what kind of ladders and all that other good stuff compared to a flat roof. I call it an even number. So now if I bring, I brought that up when I was teaching down in Pensacola at a County Fire Tactics uh, Command Officers Boot Camp, and I got roasted by some of the senior guys and guys like I look as mentors, like why it's only a half story if it's occupiable or I'm like, I just, this is what we did. And I thought it was good, but my guys, my shift, my crews knew that if I said half story, it was a pitch roof. It was just something for them to create that picture and that size up aspect of it, of knowing to paint that picture of what we have, what kind of building, you know, you're giving your, you're building the building type, you know, classes and your occupancy type, which is huge because now you can tell, you know, whether it's strictly residential, commercial over residential, whatever. Yeah. And it matters to be, again, it's just that being a good communicator, you know, so much of what we do in life, whether it be on the job, whether it be in your, your marriage with your family is communication, right? And how you're able to communicate with everyone around you. And the guy I've worked with, most of the guys I've worked with long enough, they 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 know when I'm not happy, just like my kids know when I'm not happy at something. Uh, they know when I've had, I'm having a bad day and maybe taking it out on someone. And they know when I really mean it, that I'm not happy about something, you know? And that, that all comes down to that communication. And you also have to understand as a person, how you're communicating. You know, with that modeling behavior. And, and I just talked about it with my last guest, Ricardo Alameda, when it comes to your kids, you know, how you're modeling yourself in front of your kids is a huge part of how they're going to develop in life. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, I know we talked about this plenty of times off, uh, off air. I did a size up when I walked into the firehouse. I, we have only two houses. And when I walked in, I talked to every guy, you know, looked them up and down, see where they're at. You know, are you mentally in it? Are you out of it? You had a bad day, you had an issue, uh, something going on at home. You know, do that. I did that with my officers, conversations, ask about their families, what's going on, how's everything been? Just 
brief things and then throughout the day checking on them if if they were off. And same thing with me. We know our people good enough that they know when I'm off or something's going on. Yeah. So I or someone should maybe not everybody knows that, but there's someone on your shift yeah, or some probably some of the officers. Yeah, someone that you deal with that's like, yo, what's up, man? Like, what what did you bring in today? Or what happened last What baggage? (laughs) Yeah, what baggage? Yeah, it's 100% what baggage because because we do that, right? And everyone does that. It's human nature. Now, maybe in the fire service of the past, and I know everybody wants to ride on the back step and wear hip boots and, and, you know, do things they've never done before, even though they feel like they should act like they were the best times ever. But back in those days, those types of things never happened. Um, and if they did, they weren't even noted, you know, and, and, you know, as you were a second generation firefighter, you know, your dad was a volunteer firefighter still is now, you know, my father was a career firefighter. I got to see that and hear his stories and the things that he tells me now that he sees me doing with people. He's like, we never acted that way with each other like that. (laughs) We just let him go. (laughs) Let him go to the room. That's it. It doesn't mean we see him in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. And he'll be like, yeah, it's funny because my dad, my dad will be like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that when that guy said that. I probably should have handled that a different way. And watching him kind of get a little like coy and, and be that way, because um, he'll still tell me the same stories that I've heard my whole life, which some are hysterical and some are like, Dad, that guy was, you know was what was, a good time. You know what was flashing in front of you? Yeah, <laughs> I completely missed that one. But in, in reality, too, they didn't. Different culture. Right? Because different culture, different time. We, we can't, I think people confuse tradition with, maybe nostalgia i'm not really sure what i want to go with but like it was cool man they got to ride on the back step you know they got to to, my dad was an open cab tillerman i guess that's pretty cool except when it's five degrees out so if we can avoid doing that i would much (laughs) rather avoid doing that these days yes (laughs) right like you have to look at those things and i think that's a big part of again that growth and that growth in leadership and that change of moving forward and that that change definitely happens when you retire. I was just going. So, going so, from, so how, so wait, wait, before, cause I, I we, we got off on a tangent and retirement. Oh, is we, a, we went down right? the, the, the rabbit hole. Absolutely. But you know, you, you asked me how long I have left and I, I know it's five years and I don't know what I'm going to do in five years. I know I'm probably going to go is my plan. Um, anything can change in, in between now and then, but that, that's pretty much my thought process. And you know, one of the things that you hear people say is how hard it is to go. So what I'm doing is I am already mentally preparing myself for how hard that last day will be. And not just the last day, but that week, month, six month, however long it takes after. But no matter what, whether I go at 25, whether I go at 26, whether I go at 27, that day is always going to be hard, right? And so talk through kind of that as being a guy who had to make the call and and it was time to go. So... Everything's timing. You know, like I've said a couple times uh, today, timing is everything. And it was just the right time for me. Hey, listeners, have you heard of hikes? Not hikes or hacks or hayaks. It's hikes. Their name gets mispronounced all the time, sometimes even by me. Anyway, they've been in the fire boot game for a while now, and they just keep coming out with new technology for boots and footwear. I know, boot technology? but it really exists. They have the XR1 Pro, which is the standard station boot that's also certified for EMS and a bunch of other stuff. I wear them every shift. They zip up in the front. Sometimes I decide to zip them up, and sometimes I don't. Either way, they're crazy comfortable. 
Their boots are tough and hold up well. And it's nice to know a company is thinking about stuff like adding running shoe soles and laces to their footwear. Because we can't just be wearing stuff that won't stack up. They're definitely worth checking out if you haven't already. Because the folks over there are doing good work. So go check them out at HikesUSA.com or on their IG at Hikes underscore America. And use code THESIZEUP, all caps, to save yourself $25 off your order. That's code THESIZEUP, all caps, at HikesUSA.com. The day that I the day I walked out was the last the last day of work um, for me was March thirty first, and uh, packing up my locker and carrying that stuff out to my car was tough. Yeah, that was be. that was a tough move because you're I'm like I've been doing this for twenty two years. This is all I've known for not all I've known, but this is this is the constant in your life. My life. It's been your life. It's been my life. You know. I bled red, black, and gray and white, you know, for 22 years. And it's, uh, it was difficult. Um, but the day that I, my last day at work, uh, I did it my way, which was pretty cool. Um, I'm a truckie by nature, probably half my career riding on the truck, either as a firefighter and Lieutenant or captain. And then, uh, my last day, we actually had a, battalion riding with us at that time he's going to be my replacement so i had him ride the car and i rode the wow. uh, the tiller in the morning downtown and we went on runs i packed up i was first in and then uh, in the afternoon i switched over to the uptown truck and did the same thing and after dinner i took over command for the rest of the shift and that was that was it and i got a i got a, a send off uh by dispatch which was pretty emotional but it was one of the coolest things that uh, that happened was uh, I had uh, Mike Champo actually okay. stop in at the firehouse and he sat and had coffee with us for about an hour and telling stories. Uh, and the guys were just you know blown away. Mike's Mike's a freaking gentleman and a scholar and just a great guy. And he to come down to have him come down on my last day was was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like you said, you did it your way. Right. It doesn't have to be. It's hard no matter what. I can t- I'm not even there yet. I've seen enough guys. We just had a, a, due to COVID, we had no retirement party for a very long time. So we just had, it was 32 guys total. 22 came to the retirement party, were able to make it. Um, and, and one of them said, you know, I spent a quarter of my life here. If I live to a hundred years, that means something. That's a huge part of your life. And that last day I've seen, well, shit up. See, I shouldn't curse, but I just saw 32 dudes do it. And on top of that, probably in my career now in my department, I don't know, 70 people retire or leave the department for one reason or another. And it's never going to be easy, but you can't just not prepare for it. And that was one of the biggest things. I was I was fortunate enough in talking with my wife prior to prior to this, I had to have something set up for me. So we created our business in 2016, uh, Beyond the Basics Fire Training. So that was already going slowly and just keep moving and growing and growing and growing until 2020 when everything went sideways. And, you know, we backslided and, and in 21, we we pushed pushed on and, and made it made it grow again. It's not even but, a backslide, uh, it was a pause. Everybody took a pause, uh, right? It's kind of an easy way to put it. Like you were forced upon a pause. And- yeah. Especially in Jersey. Yeah, especially (laughs) in Jersey. But again, like that pause, I mean, look, the size up stopped. 
you know yeah. what I mean? Like even, you know, the juggernaut that is national fire radio kept rolling, but not the way it was rolling prior to that pause. Right. Yeah. We all had to make a comeback in a way. We all had to figure out what was going to work and, and how this is. And it's hysterical that no, no, no. I guess it's hysterical. Like we were doing live podcasts, right? That was a big thing. Let's do live. Then, you know, 2020 hit. Okay. We got to go to zoom. And the whole time we've been working to get back to live podcast, we're now finding that zoom is working <laughs> better than anything. Let's just well, technology came about and, and handled that, you know, but that's it. Right. And, and you had to have a plan, right. And, and this was your plan. Is it yeah. working? So it that was the plan. Like it's working, but you tell me it's, it looks it's like doing, it's working. No, it's doing well. Uh, sometimes too good. You know, we're, we're busy. Uh, that's one of the things that, you know, I talked to a lot of retirees. I'm busier now than I was when I was working. And I, I just didn't understand that. And I, I still don't to a certain extent and it's self-induced, which is fine. But, um, I'm, I can't sit still, you know, if I go, if I go to the beach, I'm sitting in my chair for maybe 10 minutes, then I'm in the water. And then I'm back, I'm dry off. I'm like, I got to go do something. I got to either walk. I, gotta, I I just can't sit. So that's that's one of the biggest things for me. So I'm always doing something, working on something, just just because I, I need to stay busy. That's just, that's my personality. And well, our, the career too, our career too creates structure, right? Because we know when we're going to work, we know where we're going for the most part. You yeah. know, we know those days and we plan everything around them. And, and what I hear from a lot of retirees is, I don't got to do that anymore. And then getting used to that, I don't got to do that anymore can go one of two ways. One is you do absolutely nothing with your time or the other is you become way busier because you're like, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. I can exactly. Do that. Uh, one of the biggest things regarding structure, well, I'll bring it back to the family. Uh, the dynamic in the house sort of shifted. I was doing, I started doing more stuff around the house and Amy's like, no, 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 I do that. No, no, that's how I, I do this. You don't need to do that. So it's it was definitely interesting seeing that. And I'm around a little bit more for uh, our younger ones. And, you know, we, we have, uh, I've got two in college still. And, you know, Kelly's still in uh, middle school. But uh, it's, it frees us up to, to, to do more things, to travel, to see them, which is, which is awesome. I have a, my one son's down in, uh, in Florida and my daughter's a police officer up in Connecticut. So uh, it's, it's good that we have, I have the ability and I don't have to worry about trying to schedule it or get swaps or vacation or, you know, bank sick or whatever, whatever you got to do to. What? I don't know what you're what? talking about. I don't know what, you know. We'll edit that part out. Yeah. Not, all good. But leave it. No one's, I'm not going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I never do that. <laughs> you never do that. I may have done it once or twice in my career. It's it's funny in retirement speeches the other night, you know, my, my director was there. And of course, a couple of the guys were in mentioned uh, their use of sick time let's say throughout their career um but you have those things and you don't have to worry about that anymore right so you're there yeah. for your kids and we all try our best to be there for our kids for everything and there's just some times where you just can't be there um so now for your youngest in seventh grade you're probably seeing that in a whole different level of almost never having to worry about missing things unless you've already had something planned and then it came up but yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty fortunate with uh, that. Uh, she's sort of mad about uh, mad with me. I'm going to be out in Arizona for Halloween this year. She's like, "You missed it last year. You were teaching in Canada." I'm like, "All right, well, it's Halloween. You know, we, we can we can work through this." Dude. I'm home for. She goes, "But you're home for Christmas." Yeah, she was mad about Christmas. Was my last my last Christmas working 
I had to work Christmas. And then because that was still like COVID Omicron time, like I was like 21, I was 20 to 21. And uh, we were at short staffed. I mean, it was crazy. And then I call that the uh, the season of burning because we just started burning at work on the 22nd, 26th, 29th of December. And we were doing, we were pretty crazy with what was going on. And uh, I had to come out of work, get, get off of work on the 26th, which was my birthday. And then I had to go take a test. Uh, so I had a COVID oh. test, got that, got done with that. I was negative. Amy was negative. Kelly was negative because we, we thought we were sick or whatever, because policy or whatever, but for me at least. Um, then I had to go back into work for a working fire. We had a, a third alarm going. Uh, I think it was Adam's Adam's shift out of Alberti. And he, him and I, our two shifts burned a lot. And it just, just happened that way. You know, the luck of the draw. And uh, my daughter was like, you're not working Christmas, right? I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm work. I'm off. I retired. I don't have to. I I'll never be have to do Christmas. it anymore. I don't have to. It's one of those things too, though, as a kid, you know, and knowing my dad, you know, I was really, I was fortunate because even when my dad did work the holidays, we lived in, in the city right near his station. So he would just bring the car home because he was on the car and hang out anyway. And times were very different back then. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, it was one of those things where even with my kids, like they they understand that there's some things I can't make it to. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned Halloween is like the biggest event in my little town like thousands of people are here so it's huge in our town too yeah like i gotta get halloween off like that that's one that i'm like using any time that i can to to make sure i get that off but it's those things that you know i've missed doing the 24 72 schedule i am on my fourth year in a row of thanksgiving 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 you get crushed it's the fifth year cycle so next year you should be off Uh, i think next year is our last year depending on how leap years work i think we actually had someone do it like seven years um we have a a thanksgiving's rough we have a retired chief i'm not kidding you we went we went to 24s 18 years ago and he worked on the shift as a firefighter that had thanksgiving he got promoted and transferred and went to immediately to the shift that had Thanksgiving <laughs> and then got promoted, stayed on that shift, got promoted again and went to the shift at Thanksgiving. So he pretty much worked every Thanksgiving. That's, I mean, he had the seniority funny. to take the day if he wanted it, but it's just one of those things like he kept going to that shift. Um, and so I could take Thanksgiving off, but uh, guys, it's one of those ones that like, you want to be there for the guys. It's, it's your other yeah. family. Yeah, yeah. And Thanksgiving is a, is a great day in the firehouse. Yeah, really I is. love, I love cooking and I, I cooked way more when I was a firefighter and a Lieutenant that uh, much more than I was a captain in the battalion. Maybe I made two meals as a battalion, but that was one of the biggest things I loved cooking. And that was one of the influences of a captain that I had. He, we knew at three 30, when we were on the truck, we were, we were hitting the, hitting the pole to go out on the apparatus to go shopping for, for dinner. And then he made everybody in the house help cook. Whether we were doing sous chef, we were prepping, we were chopping, we were dicing, whatever we were doing, stirring the sauce, somebody, everybody was there. And that was one of the biggest things, you know, it was a, a Captain Frankie Sanchez. Uh, my mom gets a little mad because I learned my, my Italian gravy, my sauce from him instead of my Italian mother. <laughs> you don't have that though. It, it, it's okay. And it's those things that you remember right throughout your career. It was just like going to this retirement party the other night and seeing so many retired guys that I've worked with. You know, I worked with every, I worked with every retired guy in the room the other day, except for one, but I've known him my whole life because he was my father's best friend. But I have a story with each one of them 
that I don't always necessarily remember, but when you see them, it comes right back to you like it was yesterday. Uh, I hear you. Um, and I think those little things are some of the more important things that we get to experience that matter, right? It's things that you don't even think about. Like, and when you get to to share those stories, and it's something I love doing here is sharing stories with, with you and with, with the listeners and with anybody on the show, but that's something that doesn't happen in many careers. No, you, you don't hear about like large retirements for the garbage guys. Yeah, even right? teachers, you know what I mean? Like you don't even hear. Well, like, sometimes with the teachers, you know, like I guess within your own school, because my mom was a, a retired teacher. Um, but but again, PD, fire, you know, EMS to a certain extent, you know, because they're always like the redheaded stepchild, unfortunately. You know, I feel like too with, with EMS at least is is you retire and it's a big deal and then you kind of just go off. Where you skate into the sunset, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, I do see a change, you know, in, in, in a lot of the folks that are doing it now. And social media helps with that, too, because it allows you to keep up with them after after they've left. Um, but where I love it when a guy will come into the a retired guy will come into the firehouse and just hang out. And even with this party, I worked the night before and one of the past chiefs just walked in and our three rookies are pretty much positioned at the desk almost their entire shift unless they're yep. helping uh, cook, let's say. And he was like, don't know you, don't know you, don't know you. Hey, man, what's up to another guy who was out there with him and just kept walking. And the three kids were like, what just happened here? Like, he's just that type of guy. And he appeared in the back room where the rest of us were. Yeah, I, I popped in uh, a couple Sundays ago and it, it's great. You know, hey, chief, you want coffee? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. And I appreciate it. But uh, it, it's good to sit down and BS with uh, some of the guys for a little bit and go back and you know i've only been back maybe a handful of times to a couple different shifts and even my shift uh but it's it's fun but the nice part about uh the retirement aspect of this is with traveling and going to different conferences uh amy's amy's gotten involved uh, she was down with me for the last two memorial weekends uh for the national fallen firefighters foundation so last two two years ago was october this past year was may it's been moved to may now uh, for uh, for financial purposes. So uh, October is an issue with the government shutdown potentially always looming. Oh, okay. So they want to make sure they can always honor the uh, fire hero families. So uh, Amy's gotten involved and she's become part of a thing called uh, the comfort zone camp, which is uh, for uh, a child that has lost either a parent or a guardian. And they do these camps throughout the United States. Amy just did one with uh, for the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. This was actually up in uh, Hardwick, New Jersey, and uh, she she went there and became part of it. And now she's she's fi- found something, which is really cool because she's growing in something that I love in the fire service, and she's taking a different path to it, which is which is amazing. And, and, and too, with her working, you know, with the, the National Fallen Firefighters and, and this camp, you know, it's something that she has a passion about on her own, let's say, like where she's able to take skills from her other side of her life and bring them to help these fire families. It's, it's amazing. And the nice part about the comfort zone is they do the NFFF does one annually. And then there's other ones for throughout the, uh, throughout the year that are, are for other kids that have lost a significant uh, uh, family members. Yeah. And and it's so good. Again, like we, we hate to talk about these tragedies that happen, but they are going to happen. There is just, it's the nature of the careers and, and, and the things that we do in emergency services, but to know that organizations are trying to make the lives of those folks, families better 
is just so key to know that we have this in in, in out there. Yeah, I, I didn't even know about it. And Amy found out about it through coming down to the Memorial Weekend and talking and interacting and networking with uh, individuals down there. She was at, she was at basically helping uh, sell shirts uh, during that weekend and, you know, got into a conversation and, and this popped up. Like one of the best things with, again, with retirement is the ability of having her come with me to conferences. And she actually got to see me teach, which, which is pretty cool. You know, she came out to firehouse the first year I taught out there and uh, she's been down to uh, Pensacola where I taught this past year. And that was the biggest room I ever taught 500 people. It was, it was pretty wild. I was teaching my command class and what a high there was. I was nervous, but uh, you know, but then for her being on the other side and I can, I can speak to this because Tracy just spoke at the national PA conference in Nashville. And and I got to go, as I said, as her arm candy. And <laughs> it was funny when, uh, so she, she's speaking and we get there in the morning and I'm like, Oh, you're so lucky. You know, I know you've taught in Nashville, but there's like a corridor that everybody walks through. And then all the breakout rooms are to the right of the corridor. And I'm like, look, your room is the first one. I'm like, that's really cool because then, you know, people maybe just walking by will pop in. They don't have to go down to the next ones where the other classes are going in. And she's like, Oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. Awesome. So I open the door for her and she walks in and her room was the entire corridor. And she didn't know that was going to happen. So now she is in, like you said, the big room, 500 people. And I got to be in the back and Watch. watching was lost. It was just such a great feeling. Cause I saw, I know how passionate she is about her profession and, and about palliative care. I watched her put the program together. I was the test guinea pig audience. Um, I ended up being in the slide presentation because of the, the loss of my mom last year. And I got to be in the back and it was just so cool watching her and watching all the heads bop up and down that, you know, that what you teach, you may yep. see one or two people that are in agreement with you, but you can never get the glimpse of how many people in a big room are actually agreeing with you. And I'm sure Amy kind of had the same feelings towards you in the back. And it's just such a cool thing to be able to share. No, and that's huge. You know, those are the big wins. And I'm fortunate that, you know, Amy and I have a great relationship and, you know, I don't know how, how it would have been, but like, she was hundred percent supportive about retiring. And she was like, listen, time for you to go. When you want to go, you go. And I, I was actually, <laughs> I was in Florida and, and walking around and talking with a couple people. And I was, I was hesitant at first. And then I, uh, I was flying home and I bumped into uh, Andy Starnes in, uh, in Charlotte airport. Andy's the, uh, the BC down there. And, uh, and the guru he met, of uh, thermal, thermal imaging. imaging. Andy, Andy's such a smart guy, and I'm fortunate enough to have him as a friend and and a uh, and a mentor. And I just my, walk uh, away from him like my kitchen table. <laughs> I walk away from him dumber than I started because he's so smart. I'm like so he just smart. gave me so much knowledge. I can't keep it in my head right now. And, and I, I I talked to him like, listen, I'm thinking about probably probably putting in my papers and double clicking. And he's like, listen, he goes, you'll. He goes, you're closing the door to one department, but you're leaving everything open to the entire fire service. Yeah. And he goes, you have it in your heart to continue to teach and continue to share. And that, that was, that was what, I don't know if I needed that, but that, that just solidified my, uh, my determination. And I walked back in uh, March 6th and knocked on the chief's door and gave him the heads up is what I was looking to do. Well, I think too, you know, and, and you mentioned it. With, with Amy that, you know, 
had a conversation with Amy about, I think this is what I want to do, right? And got her input from it as well, because generally speaking, your spouse knows you best and should be a part of this humongous life-changing decision you're about to make. And they may say, stay. They may say like, no, you, you're not ready to go yet. You know what I mean? Or I don't want you home all the time, so stay. Well, that's that. That probably came out a month or two after. Like, hey, you're home a lot. What's going on? You go you back. Know? Can you go back? How long do you have to go back in New Jersey? Can you can you go? These these nights with you home is really annoying. Well, it, it, it's funny. Tracy says that she's like, I like like people will be like, so your husband, people in the medical field will be like, so he's gone like for twenty four hours, and she's like, yeah, and they're like, well, what do you do? And she's like, my time. I, I enjoy the <laughs> night he's not there. Like, <laughs> It's definitely huge. And one of the, one of the things that I, I jumped into joining a number of associations to stay busy. Uh, I was, I joined the state chiefs association, uh, state fire chiefs association and became the Northern trustee. I got voted in and uh, that happened last Wildwood, not this past one, but the one before. And uh, one of my guys is getting a valor award for a rescue that he made in, in January. Uh, so I was down there. And I was on the ballot for it. And uh, my buddy's wife is videotaping it and then sent it to my wife. And my wife's like, I didn't know this is a three-year commitment. I didn't know you were getting sworn in. I'm like, I, I told you about this. She's like, well, you didn't really didn't mention it. But so I, I jumped into things to get to get busier, to stay busy, stay relevant, like State Chiefs Association, National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. And I just sort of within the, the State Chiefs, they're partnering with the uh, Fire and EMS Institute of New Jersey, which is more of a like a legislative thing. And there, I had a we we're just in a meeting down in uh, down in uh, Wildwood, and they're looking to do certain things and try to better the fire and EMS service and the and the civilian population. They're talking about sino kits and making sure that the uh, that our medics are carrying them, and uh, not many medics are carrying them and. Hopefully they're going to try and push to get that for anybody that's uh, has smoke inhalation, oh, you know, right. cyanide and uh, carbon monoxide are two major um, chemicals within smoke. So yeah, I mean, that's what most of our victims are, are dying from is smoke inhalation, not correct. burns or not. Correct. A lot. So, we, can, we can go down a whole different road with all how, how that works and you're searching and nozzle patterns and there's a whole world. But, you know, I think one of the things you snuck in there is that that's staying relevant, right? And it's that you want to keep growing even in your retirement. And you're not going to be able to do that anymore riding a BC car, you know, or, or, or that. But you're able to do that and to help the local fire service and the greater fire service by doing what it is you're doing and staying relevant and staying involved. Because as someone who's retired, you're able to do things that me as someone who's active or not just because of my schedule. And, and again, it's just the the people that you meet and continuing to make that make that push to make things better you know that's that's one of the things i was told and you hear it you always want to leave the job better than you found it and that's what i'm just trying to do you know that's my integrity is is what it is and that was one of my uh, uh my speech at the uh my retirement party that my uh, my shift threw me and i told them i said the biggest thing is uh you always have to maintain your integrity integrity yeah. is it takes a career to gain and a moment to lose. So even maintaining your integrity is huge. And by staying relevant and staying in your lane of what you know and pushing hard to get it, get the right things done is the uh, the right way to do maintain your integrity. 
and, and and the other end of it too is we can we can throw the flip side into this too right that if you want to leave the fire service and have absolutely nothing to do with it that is a hundred percent okay too you've you've served you put in your time right you oh absolutely i just and, i just love that's my yeah. passion it's my that's been my lifeblood has been the fire service my dad ever since since I was born, my dad was a volunteer fireman. And the, the, one of the coolest things that my dad likes to, to say when we teach, he goes, I started out in the city of Passaic as a civil defense firefighter. I was a, C a, he was, a CD firefighter. Wait, he wait. was a CD firefighter for the city of Passaic. I have, I have a New Brunswick. I can move my thing, but it's down below. But I have a New Brunswick civil defense helmet from when we had the civil defense firefighters in New Brunswick. So, uh, that was a friend of my dad's who ended up being my neighbor. It was his helmet and he kind of passed it down to my dad and it got to me. Um, but that's so, such a crazy story. So he loves telling that story. He's been at multiple second alarms. You know, they used to come in at second or third alarms and sit on hoses and roll hoses and stuff like that. And then he became a fireman in Elmwood Park and I was born. And then we went out to Long Island and he joined out there and back to Roxbury when we moved back to Jersey. And, you know, that's where he's been ever since. And he brought me into the fire service. I was reading firehouse magazines as, as a young kid, which, which is awesome. And then I became, got into the fire service. And one of the coolest things that I, I feel is he brought me in the fire service. I brought him into instructing in the fire service. So I became an instructor and then brought him along. And he's sort of followed my path on that. And dad's actually, he's studying his butt off because they just came out with a new thing that you have to have fire two in order to be an instructor in the state of New Jersey. Oh, so, so he's studying for the fire two challenge exam. Yep. And I think he's got that Wednesday. He just, he's messaged me last night and he's like, Hey, I took two challenge tests. I got a 93 and a 90. I'm like, pop, you're going to rock it. Don't worry about it. And he's like, you're an effing Haywick. Of course you're going to pass. <laughs> uh, that's so awesome though. Like to hear him still wanting to stay as engaged as he can be. Right? And, and again, we're driving out together to Columbus to teach through the lock uh, next, next Monday. Good luck on that drive because I know you've done it before. It's it's uh no, I flew it. I haven't driven it yet. It's, I think it's eight and a half. Yeah. Well, it's not so you've driven to Indianapolis. No, I flew. Oh, geez, man, you must be nice to be fancy North Jersey guy. Like come fancy. on. I gotta get back. I gotta get back in time to go to work or handle swaps. <laughs> come on. I can't waste time driving. It's it's a drive. You know, I've I've driven to Columbus for a few different things, and uh, every time it's a it's a drive. It's a Get to see America, sort of, or Pennsylvania. Or and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania and, and, and right? Ohio. So I I'm consider here. that America now because, <laughs> and, and then Indiana and, and a whole bunch of stuff west of that. But, you know, it's so cool that you're still able to, to share that with your dad and, you know, to, to keep going and to stay relevant, like you said. And that, that, that may be the title of this is, is just staying relevant because I think, again, whether it's staying relevant to the fire service, whether it's staying relevant to your family, to whatever it is you want to do. If you stop moving forward, it just doesn't work well for you, right? No. Once I stop, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, right? That, that's an easiest way to put it because it's like, I know right now I don't want to stop anything that I'm doing, right? I don't know what it is I'm doing and everything that I'm doing, but I'm doing stuff and I'm having a good time and I'm meeting people and I'm trying to grow something with this podcast now and trying to continue something with, with five, 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 and even in my own career, trying to grow in my own career um, while I have these five years. So I think it's, it's a huge, important part. Uh, absolutely. I, and staying relevant. Which and staying relevant. Mean I'm going think, on that's TikTok. a great title. It doesn't mean I'm going on TikTok. It just, I'm staying relevant. <laughs> I'm not going on TikTok. I, I think that's owned by a outside agency that 
social platform and all that. Yeah, I have no idea. I just don't want to do it. I don't the understand. Chinese that. own it. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't understand it. My kids understand it. And listen, I stop. I don't do Twitter. I do Facebook. I do Instagram. I uh, I don't get Twitter. So it's just. I don't get Twitter either. I, am I, I get have. Am I getting old? That, you know, no. is, that the, is that the twelve o'clock on the VCR that's flashing <laughs> consistently? <laughs> I've never done Twitter either because I, I always made the joke like I didn't fit in seventy six characters. You know, I guess definitely like you don't one. fit in seventy six characters. I fit, I, and then now someone's like, "Well, they've made it two hundred and ten, and I'm like, "I don't fit in two hundred and ten characters." Is that an easy way? To <laughs> but it's also that knowledge, like. It's just you know I'm a lim maybe I'm limiting myself maybe I am not expanding as much as I could, but I know it's something that I just can't take on. And if I want to do it, I want to do it really well. And it's just not in the cards right now. Yeah, I'm afraid if I learn something new, I'm going to lose something that I learned. You know, <laughs> as you're studying for promotions and all that craziness. As you get older, that's exactly what happens. I feel like. Awesome, man. Well, listen, this has been a great hour, I feel like, and we're right around that that nice hour limit that I like to keep us at. And I like to start up with a size of 10 here. And, and you know, we could always have a part two. I'd love to bring your old buddy, Sean Egan, in and we can revive that whole conversation. I think you and I, you three of us had on Thin Line Radio when you guys had that going. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'll see Sean out in uh, in Columbus. So we'll, we'll talk about that. He was just featured on the big show with Jeremy. This is a little I, show with Pip. I Sorry. See. He's on the big <laughs> show with it. Jeremy. Yep. He's a big guy though. You know, and he's got that, that, that Buffalo accent and deep voice. I, I love Sean. He's an amazing guy. Such I've learned the knowledge. From him. And again, he's one of those people that I could call. I have a, a, a very technical truck question. I know I could get a good, honest answer from him, whether I did right or wrong. Absolutely. Oh, and he puts a little sugar on it too. When he says things that makes it a little nicer. So I like he's that. A big, big dude with a big heart. He's good. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Let's let's go with the size up ten here. Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Night out or night in? Night out. A good book or a good movie? Movie. I'm changing this one for you. Cross country road trip. You can't say Amy. Who's your co-pilot? My dad. Oh, okay. There's a good. Would you have said that if I didn't say you can't say? Amy? Yeah, it would. It would have been Amy. Oh, okay. I figured, I was thinking it was gonna be Amy. I'm trying to trip people <laughs> up with that one. I think I'm gonna totally change it, but we'll see. You make your bed every day? Yes. That's a McCraven thing. You know, you get, get that done. You got something accomplished. And I, I told my kids that, my especially my, uh, my my older boys. Like, listen, make your beds. You got something accomplished. You're you're good. You start off on the right foot. Start off with a win right there. And it's an easy exactly. win, especially if you're like me and only have a weighted blanket to throw on top of it. So <laughs> I've made my life easier. $1 million right now from a Jeremy at National Fire Radio, or you go back to 18 years old with a redo. I like where I'm at. There's probably only a couple little things I change. So I, I'd take the million right now. I'm good. All right, well, I got your address in the pre-show questionnaire. So keep looking in the mail. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll let Jeremy know to, to send a check. Check <laughs> for the mail, buddy. All good. Hi highways or back roads? I'm a destinator, so highways. <laughs> A destinator. That's, you just make that word up, or is that really a word? I don't know. Google it. I'm going to Google that after because it maybe destinator. the name of this. A de I'm actually going to write that down. <laughs> a destinator. Maybe the word of this, maybe the title of this podcast now. Oh, come on. You just coined Relevant a destinator. A relevant <laughs> destinator. I like it. Give me a bucket list place to visit. Fiji Islands. Very nice. It's on mine for sure. That, maybe the Maldives, but Fiji, definitely. I feel like I know this answer, but I got to ask it anyway. Football or football? Football. 
Really? My girls played soccer. Okay. I loved my my daughter is a police officer, played division two soccer up in uh, New Haven. My second daughter played soccer throughout as a little girl all the way up through high school. So uh, I love soccer. Soccer's fun. Um, it's a beautiful game. real. I'm saying I like it on the lower. I like it on the lower level. Yeah, the lower levels are fun to watch. You know, that's why I like watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham because it's a little bit of a lower level and you're getting to watch, you know, guys yeah. out there. not that everybody isn't you know, putting their all in, but it's again, you. I think what I like about, about soccer or football, it, it's the levels, right? Like you're barely watching AAA and AA baseball unless you're like me and can go to a Trenton Thunder game or something like that. Yeah, I'm able to go to the minors up here up in Sussex. Yeah, but you're never really seeing that in a lot of the other sports. So it's, it's cool to see that in in european football and be able just to watch the growth of people and i love relegation and promotion so i wish we did that here <laughs> we oh. talked about promotions and that'll have to be another topic sometime totally different topic all right last question best advice you could give to your younger self um so we're gonna go back to like ferris bueller slow down slow life down pretty fast life right. moves pretty fast slow down and enjoy 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 the wins because for me, I get that accomplishment and then I'm looking, I'm looking for the next, I got a, something I could definitely, even today, slow down, enjoy the accomplishments and then look for the future, but slow down and enjoy them. I love it, man. I love Ferris Bueller too. My son Finn and I just watched it again for like, you know. I don't know, probably his fifth time in my, I could 500th time. A million. Yeah, exactly. It's just such a great movie to watch, no matter where you are in life. Or even like, I, wow, we use two Ferris Bueller references here too, because I use the lick in your palms in the beginning with my yep. kid. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Man, it's another He's relevant. I mean, it's totally relevant, man. <laughs> Listen, John, this has been a great hour. I'm glad Absolutely. we were able to, to throw it together before you had your, your road trip. Can you let everyone know where to find you on the social media, where you're traveling to and going to be at here so they can check you out? So you can find me on the interwebs you know, on Facebook. It's John Haywick, or you can find the, my uh, training company, Beyond the Basics Fire Training. Uh, on that, as well as Instagram is Beyond the Basics Fire Training. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to be teaching with some amazing guys at the uh, Syracuse Heavy Rescue Conference. Um, we're going to be... That's actually... So this will come out next Tuesday. So you're actually going to already... That one's going to be done. Syracuse so, will be done. Syracuse will be done and I'll be out in a firehouse. So yeah, firehouse will be teaching in the afternoon, doing our Through the Lock class uh, as a pre-conference workshop. And then I'm teaching Wednesday morning, uh, my commanding the first 30 minutes and beyond. And after that, there's a couple other small things and I've got a seminar down in uh, Ancient City Fire Expo uh, in November. Where, so where is that? I've never even heard. Saint of Augustine. Saint, oh, very nice, Saint Augustine. Good place to be. Chief, another Jersey guy, Chief Dennis Riley, who who left Cherry Hill and has traveled and worked for other, other places. <laughs> exactly. Uh, him and I are teaching a command class, and we're actually going to be out in Michigan doing a, a one day seminar for a department out there on command and officer development unbelievable dude you're everywhere you need to be so wherever you are in america you can find this guy probably maybe internationally known someday soon i was in canada last year i don't think we can count that you can't really like... it's international yeah, had sure, have my passport. you had to have Listen, your passport to get there whoa so go in a car when you've got it uh sean duffy i'm gonna name drop sean duffy from michigan dave pruitt from texas and myself from jersey all in one car with fire gear and everything else and as we're approaching 
I'm like, guys, they're going to like flag us. We pull up like, where do you guys meet? Oh, we're at the airport. What are you doing? Oh, we're going to go take it, take a class up in Canada. What? American fire service isn't good enough. <laughs> um, so at least you guys made it back and getting there. Sometimes is the easy. Well, part. We had a little bit of an not issue, but they held us long coming back in. <laughs> I, I too have been held long at the border once, but we'll keep that for another day, man. But John, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me on. A great episode. It was good to catch up with you because we haven't had a long conversation. We've had a couple of short ones recently and and we do owe our wives a dinner together that we're still Absolutely. talking. No, we, yeah, we definitely <laughs> got to set that up. But listen, thank you all so much for listening. Episode 36 here of The Size Up with my man, John Hayowick. You got it. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks to all the sponsors, specifically this much, Hikes uh, Footwear, Bridgeway Leatherworks, Notorious Fire, and all the other ones that I forgot. We have some cool things coming up next month with some giveaways from some of our sponsors. Keep tuning in every Tuesday. And for the size up by National Fire Radio, this has been Pip. 